welcome back to another episode of the Creative Convos. I am Josh. And I'm Aaron. And uh, today, we have a exciting topic for you guys today. Well, actually, every episode's an exciting topic, I would say. It's always exciting. It's always Josh exciting. And myself around. <laughs> yeah. About 90% of it's banter, and the other 10% is useful information. <laughs> hey, sounds like a Bling 182 show. Is it? <laughs> you know how you know you know how they how they always talk about like eighty percent of their show is just banter and oh, bad jokes and know. stuff. And oh, that sounds twenty percent right. is actually music. That <laughs> yeah. sounds about right. Actually, yeah, people that still have a good time, right. so I hope you guys do too. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so t- so today we are talking. The topic for today is refinement versus raw art. Um, and so specifically, um. Yeah, so when we're so like first of all, what does it mean by refinement versus raw art, right? So yeah. I guess like the I guess my definition of when I'm saying like refinement is kind of like say you've got like say you've got some musical idea you created or a photo or something like that. Um let's stick with music just because that's an easier example for me. Um yeah. like say you've got this guitar part that you wrote, right? And then you you're like oh that's pretty cool so and but then you're like oh maybe i should tweak it a bit more so you spend like about maybe an hour to i don't know 20 minutes or two hours trying to like refine this guitar part for example right um i guess that would be an example of refinement in terms of like maybe recording like you're like oh i feel like i could play that better versus say raw art where you're like you play it you record it and you're like yeah you know what that sounds good that sounds good i'm happy with that you know kind of thing i guess that would be those would be the two examples i would use as far as like refinement like refined art quote-unquote versus like raw the raw piece of art i guess you know yep yep. um so yeah like how do you um like so i guess for you aaron anyway like i mean let's start like how do you feel about i guess refinement versus raw art i guess yeah i think what most people would like to know is how would you get from something that's raw to something that's actually finished because right a lot of what people see that we put out is usually the finished product and yeah unless we put it out there people won't actually see it um but that is unless you have an idea and you've played around with it and you can't seem to make any headway with it so Mm -hmm. you have you either shelve it or uh, i've seen people do this as well they upload their sketch or their riff online and they go hey i have a riff what what do you guys think or hey i have a riff finish it for me (laughs) and some people go well challenge accepted i'll finish it for you yeah right and some people have made yeah, some people have made it their channel even to finish right. stuff. Uh, there, there's this, there's this YouTube personality I follow. Um, his name is Andrew Huang, and oh, he yeah. takes samples from random artists or people who just upload stuff, and he takes their samples and he adds loops and beats to it, and he tries to make an actual song out of it. So, oh, that's cool. I think I think that's. I think that's one way from moving to uh, from raw to refined art. It's and yep. it's, that's that's of a more collaborative nature in that sense. Mm-hmm. And and I think um, 
Andrew Huang embodies uh, uh, an idea of what what I like, which is he, he. It doesn't matter what sample it is or what genre it is. He he still gives it a go at trying to finish it and trying to make yeah something out of it. And he's not he's mm-hmm. not too focused on create creating the absolute perfect song or the absolute yep. uh, genius riff but he he's mm-hmm. all about in my opinion when i see him going about his process he he's all about having fun really and yeah. just creating something that sounds good it doesn't have mm-hmm. to sound perfect but it has to sound good and from yeah from his level of engagement and enjoyment with his art when i listen to that end result it, it is it's good it's enjoyable to yeah. listen to yeah. And it it might not be on the the Billboard top forty or the <laughs> top ten for for any matter, yeah. but it's still music and it's still yeah. listenable. And I think the challenge that all creatives that we face is how do we get from that raw stage to that final stage? And yeah, the the process in which we get to get to that final stage, there is no one set process because even yeah. even our f- favorite artists have to rebadge some of their songs and rework some of their lyrics and rework some of their yeah. melodies to get it to mm-hmm. where it is um, an example yep. that i can think of is probably lincoln park when they they first started out they yeah. they weren't called lincoln park they were called zero and they oh, had yeah, yeah. a few a few different songs that they came out with uh, that they released on on their album prior to being called Linkin Park and it's only when they called themselves Linkin Park and and released Hybrid Theory you had all their songs that they previously recorded being released in this new refreshed format and that and yeah. those are the songs that's the layout that I'm familiar with today I, like I I yeah. won't I'm not familiar with any of the songs that they released when they were called Zero, but yeah. I would imagine that if I were to listen to the songs that they came out with when they were called Zero, I would I would be, oh yeah, that that reminds me of of the song that I know of today, yeah. but it's not at 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 its format when it was released when they were called Zero. That I, I wouldn't be able to identify it with the song the same yeah. way I, I identify it. As the song when they release it on Hybrid Theory, so yeah, I think, I think refinement, uh, raw art versus refinement, like refinement is, is a continuous process to some extent, which mm-hmm. only stops when you release the album. Yeah, but, but then again, that that song might be re-released once an artist hits the mainstream. Um, yeah, like another band that I can think of is. Switchwood, they had oh, yeah. a couple of songs, um, yeah, before they they had a big break, and they they repackaged a few of their songs. Yeah, I think the main so, one that I can think of is Dairy to Move. Yeah, like that was that was off. Like they they originally released that song on the I think Learning to Breathe album, and then they did another version of it basically on the their like I guess their major debut. Like major label debut uh, on the beautiful letdown. Yeah, yeah. That like that's the version that I think most people know them for. But it's interesting, like yeah, comparing the two different versions, and yeah. like even um, 
if you listen to like i mean this is kind of showing how much of a fan i am of of uh, switch for it like i've listened to um was it some of the demos they did for i think one of their records uh hella hurricane and it's interesting to hear just the progression of one version of the song to like yeah. the next like lyrically or even like where the lyrics are placed because then because there was like one song where um where what we know as the like um the bridge was being used in like the chorus or something like that in yeah. like the song that's <laughs> like what yeah <laughs> so it's interesting yeah. i think how it's interesting how you can kind of like as an artist you can kind of take pieces that maybe don't fit in the certain part of that song and you move it to somewhere else and it works um i guess that's one kind of form of refinement of itself right um but yeah i think like um yeah it's interesting i think refinement is one of those things at least for me i think it's always a balancing act for me like when it comes to refinement versus raw because i think sometimes you want to try to like somewhat like there's certain songs where you want to kind of try to maintain i think the purity of what you've recorded you know like there's certain songs for me where like i can think of where it's like i've recorded something that it's not like 100 percent perfect but it sounds the way i want it to you know like or like for example lyrics like there have been lyrics where sometimes yeah like i've had lyrics where i've changed like there's one song that i've written where i've rewritten like the either the chorus or i can't remember there was one song that it was one of the songs off the first album like the first career black album where i'd rewritten the chorus and the verse actually i don't know how many times like like 10 times i think i would i rewrote that song like lyrically so yeah. it's, it's like and then you have another song like um off the first album that i did uh, never forever for example where basically the lyrics hadn't changed post me writing that those sets of lyrics and so I think it's it's kind of one of those things where sometimes you'll you'll stumble upon lyrics or a melody or a chord progression or a riff where yeah you might want to refine it and kind of t- kind of like roughen it out you know you might you know you might be like oh like you, you know there's like a you might want to polish it and be like oh I think that line doesn't work or that note sounds kind of funny if you play it there um, but then there's other times where you might have a riff or a lyric or a melody and you're like that's exactly what i wanted you know and so cool i think there's like there's it's always like um kind of knowing when when is the right time to refine something and when is like when's the when is the time to just leave it as it is and i think that's something that i think creatives certain creatives struggle with i think because i think as creatives some we're, we're kind of perfectionists right a lot of us are we nitpick over tiny little things, whether it's a vocal performance or a guitar performance or a drum groove. And we'd be like, John, it just doesn't feel right. You know, like though there's certain moments like that, but then there's other moments where you'll record a performance and you might, you might think, wow, that sounds really good. Like it's not perfect, but for some reason, that's something about it that sounds good. And I think that's something that, um, I think that's applicable to a lot of, art in general like whether you're a photographer or musician or director or videographer or painter it's one of those things where you like learning to like i guess accept them like mistakes you know and be okay with like the imperfections of what you've created 
because that's what and, and knowing that the imperfection that you that is in there is part of what you like about that piece that you've created yeah yeah and if you have any instruments that acting that start acting up when you're recording you might also consider incorporating that flawed instrument into your music the same way yeah the same way billy corgan had a guitar that always gave him feedback whenever he stopped playing so yeah he 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 wrote a song using that uh, feedback sound as a, a signature riff in, in one of his yeah. songs uh mayonnaise and siamese dream so yeah that that's something to consider and yeah go, going back to um yeah go, going back to say artists who who start with a raw idea and end up with a finished product uh, I, I would say that with when it comes to the smashing pumpkins and when it comes to billy corgan's uh, prolific writing spree he, he's managed to come up with so many hundreds and hundreds of songs in yeah. a span of i think during the classic pumpkins era he he released almost an album every year at at yeah. their at their creative oh during their classic era and which is much faster than the, the time it took tool to release one new album yeah that's right <laughs> that's right and it's two completely different approaches but when we when we we'll, we'll get we'll get the tool eventually don't worry <laughs> but when we when we look at uh, the, the smashing pumpkins like they they release when they release their box set the the airplane flies high uh turns left looks right they 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 had a lot of songs in there that didn't make it to the album but mm-hmm. they decided to release it anyway and you get you get some of these b-sides that are just perfect they just completely finished and refined songs and then you get snippets of guitar riffs and vocal ideas and drum fills and they're like oh let's let's just combine everything into a 25 minute song and let's right. call it pastichio medley which is basically a collection of riffs and vocals and fills and everything uh, mm-hmm. in in a 25 minute track and right yeah if you guys have if you if you if you guys are pumpkin heads you you're probably familiar with that uh, track that the pasta show uh, medley but when i listen to that i i i like i i see ideas that are just starting to form or ideas that have already been used in in the other songs that mm-hmm. probably just started as a riff in this whole medley and yeah it's very interesting to peer into the beginnings of where these songs came from Mm -hmm. and another example of um, a refined song starting its way starting as a raw song would be uh, this song called through the eyes of ruby and i love i love the refined the finished track it's like a a sprawling eight minute cacophony of guitars and drums and everything that i like right. smashing pumpkins but <laughs> yeah the song it, the song actually started out with just a really simple uh simple guitar um yeah that's a drop d well a drop c sharp actually because billy called oh, okay played, played in a, a flat 
an E flat tuning. So he he dropped, yeah, he dropped it down to a C sharp, and yeah, just hearing the main riff of the song with Billy Corgan singing nonsense lyrics <laughs> as sort of like a placeholder, just really gave me the sense of, yeah, well, I can tell that he's he's trying to flesh out an idea. And it's yeah. not a hundred percent, but yeah, but the song could go in like a hundred different ways, and yeah. he chose to go this way. But mm-hmm. this is the original recording. This is the original raw take, which was brimming with potential. It's like, it's like a newborn baby or a kid, basically. <laughs> this recording, it's like a yeah. five-year-old kid. So he's like running everywhere, and you see like. The main facial characteristics and the, the the temperaments starting to develop, but it's not he's not there yet. He's still a kid versus the, yeah. the finished masterpiece, and the kid's yeah. now like a a thirty year old, and <laughs> he's, a 30- he's completely grown up, and he yeah. has a completely developed mindset and a worldview, and it's it's kind of like that. You know, like the kid, yeah. the kid could have turned out in a hundred different ways, but he's turned out this way, and it's. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I'm just thinking of imagine if Billy Corgan back in the day he sent he sent this simple recording to ten different musicians and songwriters, and it will it will be interesting to see how they interpreted his yeah his raw idea. So I think there's yeah. a place when it comes to collaboration. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's like if if you guys have written a riff and it's been sitting for months in your door and you have no idea where to take it to well perhaps yeah. you could you could give it to your your other musician friends and see yeah. what they think or if you have a little bit of money you could put it on on Fiverr and say oh, <laughs> I'll pay you five dollars and you finish this riff or idea for me and we're not we're not sponsored by Fiverr by the way yeah not we're yet. not we're not sponsored by Fiverr but not yet. I, but I've, <laughs> yeah, but I've I've seen a few, a few artists or a few musicians, and I think oh, that put up like stuff on Fiverr. Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's this there's yeah. this guy called um, I think there's this oh, I can't remember his name. I think the main one that I know that like that's put stuff on Fiverr was um was it Peter McKinnon? Okay, and he's like and he's like he's this photographer like YouTuber and he's like put um like he's like. He he tries like different price brackets on Fiverr and yeah, he's like yeah 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 it's like try to like he's like edit this photo for me like and it's like five dollar like what's the five dollar bracket game what's ten dollar twenty dollars fifty yeah. like, anyways that's cool that's cool yeah but yeah we're not sponsored by Fiverr yeah we're not unfortunately but although hey. Fiverr if you're listening if you're listening and you want to sponsor us do let us know yeah 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 but this <laughs> but really this this could be an idea for you guys if if you guys have the money that is but. Yeah, it's, or even like I mean I think like sometimes as well like um sometimes refinement you gotta like sometimes gotta sit on it you know sometimes you'll have to sit on an idea for a while and just let it stew you know yeah come back with fresh ears like that that happens to me a number of times where I I've heard I've had songs or riffs that I haven't like I'll have unfinished stuff right and I'll come back to it like months later and I'll be like oh I was like oh that's pretty cool. You know, or I might yeah. think, wow, this, or I might come back to it and be like, wow, this is terrible. I don't, I don't see why I thought this was a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's I think right. as well, like it's one of those things where I think refinement comes with time as well. Yeah. And I think like 
knowing sometimes I think knowing when to kind of step away and be like, uh, no, no, this is, this is good. Or no, I should take a break. I think I need to, you know, get rejig my headspace a bit, you know, cause I think sometimes with art, especially when you're creating stuff, it's very easy to go down the rabbit hole and lose like perspective, you know? And like you, you come out and you're like, oh wow, actually, you know what? Like you might come back, you, you might go look at the bigger picture and you'd be like, wow, this actually sucked. <laughs> or yeah, yeah, you might yeah. Come, or you might look at the bigger picture and be like, wow, actually, you know what? That riff fits perfectly in this part, in the bigger scheme of this whole song, it fits perfectly. Or like a vocal melody, you might be like, you know what, actually it's, you might think to yourself, wow, this vocal melody is really simple, right? But then you might come back to it and listen to it from from the start of the song to the end. And you might, you might be like, wow, actually, you know what? Like that vocal melody, like is perfect. It fits exactly what I wanted. So I think like the main thing is knowing when to kind of get perspective on something that you've created. Yeah. I mean, I think it's one of those things where you kind of know as well over time. I think it comes up experience where you kind of know like, that's okay. And you might know like, like something might need a bit of reworking. And yep. then there's other times where you're like, nah, like this is, this is exactly what I wanted, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think like it definitely is a, a, there's no, there, there's no real right or wrong, you know, with this kind of thing. It's, it's kind of situational for everyone, whether you're a musician or a photographer or a painter. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's one of those things where sometimes it's easy to overcompensate as well when you're, you know, it's easy to just be like, oh, I'll just keep, like, if you're, say, a painter, right, you might be like, oh, I'll just keep painting over colors and it'll get better, right? And then you might find actually that you adding all that other stuff actually made it worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think that's right. the thing is like sometimes, sometimes refinement actually doesn't necessarily guarantee it's better, you know, yeah, like yeah. a perfect example is like, yeah, take Linkin Park, for example. Um, I remembered I was watching one of their documentaries and they were work, they were making the Minutes to Midnight album and they were working with that album. They were working with Rick Rubin if, and who, if you, any of you guys know who Rick Rubin is, he's like this like I, I would say he's one of the top guys as far as producers like he's produced like you know the chili peppers run dmc i think and i think beastie boys i think as well i think yep. i can't remember okay um bunch of other artists like he he's definitely like one of the top guys or actually no smashing pumpkins he's he produced the yes. last record yep um but yeah i remembered hearing there was one situation where you know they spent like they spent hours and hours on like um i think it was the drummer he was like you know he spent hours and hours trying to get this part down right and then rick turned around and be like you know what actually i kind of like the previous version you did in your home studio it sounded better than the one yeah, that you did yeah in the... yeah yeah and he was like and initially like you know like the drummer was like oh like there's no way like he's like there's no way like i spent all these hours you know trying to get in it. it was all for practice right and then but then when you and then when he listened back and forth between the two he was like well he's right like you know the previous one was better so i think it's sometimes one of those things where sometimes actually refinement actually doesn't always pay off sometimes it's sometimes yeah. actually what what you previously had actually was good and so i think that's that's why sometimes it's important to keep um you know keep an eye out for those things and and also just keep different versions of your art if you're working with more digital within a more digital kind of space you know yeah um yeah sometimes yeah like the previous version you did like 
another great example actually is um a song that obviously all of you guys would know is adele's someone like you you know yeah. the the original version i don't know if you know the story aaron but like the original version was just a demo it was just a piano vocal demo okay and that was it right and the record label wanted to do this like massive string like arrangement and all this fancy stuff right yeah and then they end up just keeping the original version. Like the one you hear in the original version is the demo version they did. Oh, right. <laughs> awesome. Like they like the, basically like the, the vocal, like the vocal performance you hear is literally just like, I think two performances and they right. just like took one part of a chorus and one part of a verse and then they just worked and that was it. Like, you know, they, oh, wow. they, it was like, so I think like, like it's one of the things where it's like, hey, if it works for Adele and it works for Linkin Park, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes I think, Sometimes the thing, the raw idea that you have is good as it is, you know? Sometimes you got to yeah. kind of not overthink it, you know? And I think that's one of those things where you kind of, I think most, I think it comes of experience where over time you'll kind of realize or you'll kind of, you'll kind of figure out like what works and what doesn't, you know? And you'll, I'm sure that, and, and it happens like, I mean, even to this day, like for me, for example, like I... Like I'm working on a song and I'm like, I don't know which, whether to take in one direction or the other. So I think it happens to everyone, you know, every, whether, you know, whether you want to keep it simple or do you want to, you know, do a full arrangement? It's, it's, uh, it's always a tricky thing. And I guess it comes with time and perspective, you know, taking a step back on what you're creating, um, and whatnot. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, like I, yeah, I guess I wanna, that was yeah. yeah I, I want to touch a little bit on uh, yeah, just documenting your journey because I find that's mm. that's really useful, especially oh, yeah. yeah, when we're living in this digital age and we have like almost unlimited space to store files and to store media. So mm -hmm. it is a really good idea to keep copies of your work and art. Yeah, and and to just just store it uh, if you if you're recording. A riff you could record out oh, yeah four or five different riffs and just save all of them and oh yeah maybe, i've had yeah i've had songs where i've within the same project file so i've had i've tried out like there's been situations where i've written like say a riff like an intro idea like recorded it and then i'll realize that it's in a key that I don't like, so I'll keep it and just move like further down the timeline and re-record a whole brand new version of it in yeah, a different yeah. key. That's happened to me, like I think actually recently, like a few months, like um, where I recorded like I basically have three like semi versions of the same song, but in different keys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's definitely a a thing for sure to yeah have different versions of it of a song yeah 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 and it, that that could be almost like your digital journal or digital diary where yeah. you just record things and maybe for some of you you you, you guys just need to you, you guys just need a break from yeah hours of recording so mm -hmm. and need to to rest your ears so yeah a thing or for go, you guys to consider might be bouncing out some of your sketches yeah. and then having a change of scenery, going to the park, going to the beach, just going Actually, to I'd, a walk. I'd, well, well, those places are closed right now. <laughs> yeah. 
Fair enough. This is depending on depending on which depending on which locality you are. I guess we're, I guess in America you can't do it anymore. But well, we're we're, thankfully, we're we're recording this episode like during this whole like I feel like I keep mentioning this. We keep, we're recording this during the COVID nineteen thing. So right now everything like parks and beaches are closed. I think so. Yeah, um, that's but right, yes, that's but right. yes, I think in a post. COVID-19 or if you're, you know, or if you're listening to this podcast 20 years into the future for some reason, um, yeah, I think, yeah, take, get, do that, do what or, or even just you. even just walk around your house, you know, or just yeah. go to a different room. Or, yeah. Yeah. And go break into your housemate's room. Sorry? Go break into your housemate's room. Don't do and, that, guys. Don't, don't do get, do that. Try to listen to your sketches or your recordings outside your normal recording mm-hmm. environment and see whether that that changes anything and yeah i think it's i, I always like the idea of documenting your art in its yeah. various stages of completion where mm-hmm. it's if it's in the in the form of a bear a bear sketch or something that's halfway there it, it, it doesn't matter it, it should be saved and preserved because you might yep. never know what what might hit you inspirationally when you go back yeah. to these raw recordings and you might it might set you on a completely different path or you yeah. might decide to re-record everything based on what you've heard. <laughs> so it's always yep. useful. That 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 for sure. I'd say as well, like um like in terms of uh kind of clearing your headspace, I think one example, another like helpful thing is work on something else, like um whether it's a different song idea that you've got, you know, sometimes you just need to take a break from like when you want to t- take a break from that other song idea, just listen, go work on something, go work on another song or something else, you know, that might be in a different style. I think that sometimes it's a good yeah. way to kind of still exercise your, your brain, like creative muscle, but you're not, you know, so locked into that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and you're, so I think it definitely kind of frees you up. Um, and then when you might come back to it and you're like, you, you still have perspective of like, oh, actually, you know what? Um, I, I think I've got an idea kind of thing, you know, sometimes, yeah, you got to let ideas sit, you know, sometimes you got to sit on them for a time. Yeah. Whether it's right. a few hours or a few days or a month or <laughs> two months, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah. there's, there's definitely been times where I've sat on stuff for a while, um, so I, I would say sometimes, yeah, you just got to sit on, sit on ideas and just take a bit of a, you know, take a bit of a backseat for that idea, you know, just put in the back burner. And yeah. I think that, I think that's, again, that's kind of applicable to a lot of things. Like even with photography, for example, like I'll, if I'm taking photos, like I, I'll usually, what I'll do is I'll hit, I'll target the photos that I, when I start editing that I know that I can do easily or I know like oh this already looks so good and then I might come back later and then really and then I might just scroll through some of the photos and look at a photo that me and that I might that might have that I might have thought would be like uh that was originally like uh that's okay right yeah but then I'm and then I'll be like you know what now I'm gonna work on this and try to like get it and then I'll get it and then I work on it for an hour and then I'm like oh it actually looks pretty good so sometimes um it's also just sometimes also it's just getting the quick the quick wins as well for yourself like sometimes it's it's good to like in terms of like managing your time if you can like 
if it's like safe photography, like just try to go for the the quick wins and um and go for the things that you know already is, looks good and you can work with, and then maybe you can spend a bit more time on those things that maybe right now you're not sure if they're gonna be good or not. Like you can see potential, but you're not sure, and you know you can work yeah. on that and try to really like um dial in and get it like really try to you know spend your time with that and yeah it might turn out great and you or it might turn terrible you know you don't know but um sometimes you gotta yeah go for the quick wins as well yeah that's good Um, just but yeah just moving moving things along yeah just yeah yeah, instead of waiting for that perfect take or that perfect yeah just edit whatever you got and just put it out there which yeah i think sometimes as well Sometimes as well, like, I mean, the thing that always, uh, I always, I feel like I always have to keep telling people is that, like, sometimes imperfection is good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's so many, like, imperfection is one of those things where I think um, is, I think these days is becoming more of a lost art, I think, where I think everyone's trying to make the most perfect sounding record, right? Everyone's auto-tuning everyone everyone's you know quantizing their drums everyone's whatever like doing freaking whatever like um and i can see why people want to do that for sure but i think it's one of those things where sometimes even at least with vocals anyway or guitar parts sometimes you know what like sometimes the imperfect parts are all are what gives the song character and makes it feel real and I think that uh, is important, you know, especially now. I think the fact that everyone's trying to be perfect, what better thing to make you stand out than not be perfect and actually sound like a real human being? Yeah. <laughs> what, what What a mind-blowing idea is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, def- like... I, yeah. Uh, so, I, I don't think, know. I think, yeah. like... I think it's, it's a modern... It's a modern phenomenon where... Yeah. Everyone is trying to sound perfect and super airbrushed and slick and everything yeah and they're turning up the luminance and they're trying to smooth out everyone's faces yeah that's right and going back to a few decades ago before digital recording software appeared and mm-hmm. it's it's such a different thing when you listen to yeah. anything really by by classic rock bands like Led Zeppelin and oh yeah, Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath and they they just they 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 don't have. It's not perfect, but it it's in a good way, kind of imperfect because you you capture that mm-hmm. raw energy and raw power and mm-hmm. the song in its in its rawest form. Whereas, mm-hmm. if you if they tried to re-record any of these classic songs. It would be almost a disaster, I would think, because you have this. It would just sound there's weird. This, <laughs> there's this famous uh, song, um, and I forget. Yes, it's it's called "Fool in the Rain" by Led Zeppelin, mm. and it starts off with this really nice drum shuffle groove by John mm-hmm. Bottom, and if you try to quantize that, the thing, the whole thing just falls apart because you can't. Yeah. And, but when first recorded, it, it just has a groove where, yeah. where something that it's still consistent. It's not perfect, 
but it's still consistent enough that you can you can groove to it you can play along to it and that that's the beauty of yeah just a a human drummer versus a quantized drummer and it's it's yeah. art in its rawest form i would I would, I would argue even though it's been it's been recorded and processed um in a very competent way but yeah the the groove and the beats have not been significantly altered where whereas today i would say that artists today they they rely on the metronome and quantization so much which is i think there's nothing wrong with using a metronome Oh yeah, I think yeah. I I would say now like uh, I would say yeah, hundred percent still use a metronome. Like even back in the day, people used met like metronomes or click tracks, right? But I well, would say not. But some, a lot of people. Did, what, some did. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, actually, an example of someone using a metronome was uh, Nirvana when they did Lithium. Okay. They had to they had to use a click track because they were speeding up for that song. But yeah. there was definitely a number of songs where. Um, yeah, there's definitely a number of songs where I think I don't think they had like a click track going, but I think nowadays I would say having a metronome is not a bad idea, especially if you're trying to layer instruments on top of each other. Um, like that's not a bad idea, but yeah, the whole like quantizing a drummer's performance is never, never fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it it's it's almost unfortunate that a lot of these drummers today they're they're all quantized so it's yeah and they, they are probably there are some mix engineers or assistants of mix engineers that spend hours and hours quantizing every single note of the drums oh yeah so that it sounds it sounds perfect but almost in an artificial way so yeah which is as a, as a creative, as a recording artist at home, as a home recording artist, it's, it's something yeah. that, and if you and if you're a drummer, it's something that you should probably consider. Do you want to go that route of quantizing, or do you just want to practice your playing until you're good enough to <laughs> Maybe, record yeah. without quantizing? So <laughs> just be a good drummer. It's it's all be a good drummer, and it's all Is part that- of the refinement process and <laughs> if your raw sound doesn't sound good enough to be on the record then it's time to go back to the woodshed and polish up those chops yeah and for sure and i think that's that's also part of the refinement process going from mm-hmm. a raw out of time groove to a refined and polished groove or riff I think that's yeah. I think that's part of the process of creating as well. Being being mm-hmm. able to refine your art or your instrument and just practice yeah. until you get it to a point where you don't have to quantize it. You can play it along to a metronome if you if you like using a metronome. And mm-hmm. you can just get it to a point where it feels natural and mm-hmm. it's it's not quantized, but it's yeah, it's basically the the idea that has been realized in its full in its full what's the word for it? Professional or refined <laughs> full glory. Form. It's, it's full glory. And it's a and it's not yeah, and it's not 
and it's like it still retains the raw essence of it, but not right. But not raw as in amateur kind of raw, but but like a good kind of raw. A good kind of raw, like the raw idea is being expressed, and like like medium rare meat. Medium rare <laughs> meat. Mm. Making me hungry, there, Josh. You still uh, there's still blood there, but it's tasty still. It's it's tasty. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and another that's like, that's another the... artist that comes to my mind is John Lennon, and I, oh yeah, I, I've been listening to a few of his his sketches online, where it's just him playing the piano and singing, and oh, yeah. there's something about the character of those recordings that makes me go, wow, John John sounds like he's just woken up. After uh, a hard <laughs> night of drinking, and he's decided to write uh, a few songs, and, and he probably did. He probably did wake up from a <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it sounds, and the recording sounds so raw and so uh, unref- like unpolished. But when you hear his piano playing and you hear him singing, it's like it's as if he's performing in your bedroom almost, without yeah. all that. With all the layers stripped away, all the production and all that post-editing stripped away, you, you just get the artist in his rawest form just playing a song, playing with an idea mm-hmm. and expressing yeah. himself. And I, I, really, I, I could really feel the emotion in his mm-hmm. voice and he, he made me feel something. So there really is something to be said about documenting your your raw performances because yeah. if, if you've been working on it and you've been practicing it doesn't matter how raw it is if if it's an idea it deserves to be documented deserves to be written mm-hmm. down yeah yeah and who knows someone might post your music on youtube so that other people might like myself might enjoy it as well so yeah for sure and yeah. like again like maybe that raw performance that you do that might be the final take and I, that yeah. might be the one that people really like. And I think, um, you know, be- they, it's, like, it's like they say, beauty is the eye of the beholder at the end of the day. So sometimes it's like you get to a point where it's, it's good and it's good enough for you. And you just got to leave it at that, you know. Got Done it. is better than perfect. Yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. Well. So, for sure. But, uh, but anyway. I think I think we've... Uh, touched on most if not all of the bases i would say yeah i think we've definitely touched refinement probably it's not it's not perfect but it's still refinement (laughs) it's still good enough yeah for sure for sure um but yeah like i think definitely we'll probably in like we might talk about this more in like future episodes like we might touch on it a bit more and and like like at least certain points that we've talked about but i think this is definitely a good like um starting point for some of you guys like if you're just interested in the idea like the general idea of yeah refinement versus art raw art but um but yeah i think yeah i think that was uh yeah i think we covered a lot of ground so yeah i hope you guys enjoyed that that uh that little bit of i don't know i don't know how long this episode's gone for now but uh yeah i think yeah but um yeah hopefully you guys found it helpful i think like again um like a lot of the things we talk about we, you know, I think you can take a lot from these episodes and um, you can apply it to whether you're a musician or doesn't really matter what kind of an artist you are. But 
I think there's always something you can take out of this episode. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's right. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll leave it at that, I would say. So, yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned for the for uh, the next episode. And uh, yeah, this is the, again, this is the Creative Convos podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys uh, in the next episode. So uh, yeah, catch you guys later. See ya. Take care.